Welcome back, new you maniacs, to the spinner rack here at season four of the Marvel New Universe Comics Podcast. The voice of the new universe. Or the new new universe, perhaps. We're your hosts. New Andy with new Cyforce number 19 and... New Steven with moral support. New moral support because I ain't been getting it since before. So, the new universe was launched in 1986, an imprint for Marvel Comics dedicated to a more grounded, less fantastic approach to comics and world building. Originally, the idea was the world outside your window with real time progress and greater realism. After the first year, some books were canceled, although we see their characters in other places now. And the remaining books have moved to having consistent creative teams and are becoming more action-oriented in the wake of the world-shaking disaster, The Pit. From this point out, expect the unexpected. That's that's not their new logo, but I I like it. it. (laughs) All of a sudden, we're reviewing an issue of The Hulk. (laughs) (laughs) Expect the unexpected. (laughs) Oh, it's... The comic books are becoming more comic booky. How did that happen? What? <laughs> Don't know how, what else would happen. With our com- podcast, you can follow along with us each week as we go through each comic in the order they hit the spinner rack, or just check out individual comics if you already have a favorite. We will have a season four trivia challenge, probably now available on our website. And we have a Twitter account. Which ever they're calling it nowadays at kickers inc where you can follow and find our updates on new episodes this week we will start off with cyforce a group of psychic teenage paranormal runaways bound together by a psychic entity called the cyhawk now split up and on the run from both sides of the cold war we know you gotta watch out for them cia folks They're even worse than the KGB, if you can imagine that. Maybe. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, so this week, Cyforce 19. Things look bad when the malevolent Medusa web traps half the Cyforce team in a San Diego shopping mall. But when the team decides to fight back, all of San Diego had better watch out. The Masada Defense is written by Fabian Nicieza, illustrated by Ron Lim. Direct sales only, dollar twenty-five. All right. And uh, following up on that, we'll also be discussing the rest of the new, new universe changes that we see from here on out. There's a lot of um, changes in the books, kind of like their presentation, how they're printed and what we get in the package. And we'll uh, see how the first uh, issue of that uh, differs and uh, talk about it. Minutia. It is uh, the best of things. It is the best, yes. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, Cyforce 19. So cover May 1988, uh, shipped January 5th, on the stand January 26th, 1988. So we hit I, 88. I, uh, I don't know how it works with the direct market and that yeah. like timeline. So Marvel Age gives us the date the books ship out, and then three weeks later, they say they're on the stands. But we've now gone, we're not on the newsstands so much as we're in the 
bookstores, comic book stores. So is that faster? Is that the same day? We don't know. So we're going to keep going with uh, the on the stand date probably from now on. Yeah, interesting too, because there's been at least more than one like new universe fan on the Facebook page that talked about how like they couldn't get the books anymore because they stopped being in the stores, like they didn't have a comic book store kind of thing. So I I yeah, that I that's popped up several times and I I gotta imagine that was a uh, common occurrence. I mean uh comic book stores really are a limited, you know, more than uh, mass market. But. There may have been more of them then too than there are now, honestly. But interesting idea to take a perhaps fledgling unpopular book series and then make it less available. <laughs> well, I mean, we'll, 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 that'll be our discussion later, I guess. Fair. Yeah. We should talk about the actual comic book. Um, but yeah, so new, the new expensive, cover. expense, hard to find comic book. That's <laughs> Uh, so yeah the the cover stands out like it's a nice colorful a little bit uh finer quality uh some basic changes like the corner box is now just like a little square so it doesn't have the little fun corner box art anymore uh so that's a downgrade I, i love the corner box art no more new universe logo. So the big logo across the top that let you let you know it's new universe is gone. It just shows up like under the word Marvel. It's like Marvel New Universe uh, as far as things go. And Cyforce has a new logo too. It's a little more angular. Like someone was having a good time with Adobe Illustrator, like making the letters slanty. I don't know. <laughs> this uh, may have been just like some. Uh, plastic uh, guide uh, guideline and yeah, squares. That's uh, fair. Thing. That's fair. <clears throat> uh, but yeah, so it's a side force, and there's kind of like a triangular hawk looking outline kind of thing. Maybe we haven't totally forgotten about the side hawk. It'd look uh, good on their t-shirts if they ever had like a gang shirt, like uh, yeah. the Black Powers. That's true. And so uh, across the title, we get a race against time. And then on the cover, we are finally catching up to our other apparently non-exploded Cyforce members. Uh, so Thomas, Boyd, uh, Kathy Ling, and uh, Stasi, Anastasia Inushin are all squaring off, kind of surrounded by a squad of police and paranormals, probably, that, that we'll meet in this issue. Uh, standing around Jessup's clock, which is the thing, apparently. Yeah, I I mean, I think we both assumed this had something to do with Tyrone, who is Tyrone Jessup, right? Um, but the there's a, I guess, famous clock in San Diego, which was located in this mall that they're the most of the issues located in. Um, and it's this big sort of outdoor clock. It was put up by a, a local jeweler named Jessup uh, around the turn, like 1905 or something. Mm. Um, and it's, you know, yeah, by the um, uh, historic artifact looks eh, kind of like that. I mean, close enough. And uh, at the moment, it's apparently uh, in storage. So. Hopefully you, you you in the future listening to this can go out and check it out. Yeah, that means we can't like go and recreate the photo, uh, make a photo of the cover or something. That would have been kind of fun, actually. 
yeah next uh next uh year's uh san diego comic-con we were gonna go in the blaze of new universe glory recreate this no we can't do that, but... hey we can still go and visit the slag heap again so <laughs> good old slag It'll always be there for us <laughs> okay uh but yeah so big doings happening um as we said the books have gotten larger so there's more stuff so we've got a whole inside cover page no more m&m ads or cool video games or anything like that but it has an intro and a recap of Cyforce, and then in you know total space wasting form, like huge letters uh, showing like the writer and then penciler and such. Um, but yeah, so it has kind of a nice little recap. It began with the white event, a mysterious astronomical phenomena which bombarded the entire Earth with unknown energies two summers past. In one. Per- in one person out of every million, this energy triggered a largely benign body-wide mutations resulting in paranormal forms and abilities. All right. Uh, this transition beyond normalcy was not an easy one. For most, it was a trauma- It was as traumatic as birth itself. For the mom Should or for start... the baby? <laughs> Should we start using that for the intro text? I mean, it's pretty solid. We could totally steal that. <laughs> Consider it stolen. All right. Yeah, so, um, you know, it introduces the Cyforce, compelled to run away uh, and seek sanctuary by their mentor, mentor, now deceased Emmett Proudhawk. They've endured constant harassment from various political and corporate organizations intent on using their powers for political gain and the occasional sanctuary bully. Um, And yeah, so... uh, after Proudhawk's death, Sanctuary was destroyed. They've been divided, hounded by the U.S. government. Tucker and Jessup have fled to Canada with the help of another paranormal teen, Lindsay Fellman. So we got that in the previous issue. And it says, now Boyd, Ling, and Inushin must escape from the Medusa web, a group of paranormal bad bounty hunters hired to capture them dead or alive. Uh, no word like on that. how any of these people survived the explosion from... Uh, Shoot, what's his name? Uh, Rodstvow. Rodstvow, yeah. Yeah, the end of 17? Yeah, the um, loss of Sanctuary that surprised us both. I do like the characterization of, like, fled to Canada as if, like, you know, oh, the Americans could never catch them in Canada. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, they got horses. <laughs> Horse police. <laughs> uh, okay. But yeah, so um, inside... Oh, go ahead. No, no. All right. Inside the book, the actual name of the story is the Masada Defense, which I'm going to say I didn't look up. Does that mean something to you? Do you want it? Uh, Masada was is a um, is where the uh, Israeli secret service, the Mossad, gets its name from. It was a um, kind of a bluff or like a isolated hill uh, um, right near Jerusalem, and uh, during the um jewish roman war of like 70 a.d there was Mm. a group of resistance fighters who holed up there and were uh sieged and basically it's a sad story because these guys um uh, rather than get the let themselves get um overrun eventually just all uh committed suicide Mm. so it's kind of in jewish folklore as like a great um tragedy but like you know resisting to the end 
um interesting like title although it doesn't i was afraid everyone would be dead by the end right um, right by that um it's one of those kind of nice um you know spy movie movies and and novels always have these great titles uh the forsyth compendium the mm -hmm. you know, it's it's in that tradition and i i, I quite like it yeah um, gives us something to look into too which is always wonderful so thank you there fabian uh but yeah let's let's talk about what's going on in the comic book so uh we start off with yeah our our thomas and stassi and kathy running through a city presumably san diego uh, basically just running down the middle of the street and there's like an explosion behind them like a car is blowing up and we have a narrator saying medusa web report assignment 17 san diego january 2nd 1988 so good timing there uh 745 says we and so we get a lot of this narration through the stories so i've been chasing them for more than two weeks i've missed christmas christmas with my family my daughter's recital went wonderfully so my wife tells me on Christmas Eve, we destroyed a tenement building in Los Angeles. On the 28th, we encountered some protocol problems in San Clemente. The children had barely been born when he was president. Hmm? You got that one? No. Nixon. Oh, Nixon. So, uh, yeah, that's a, like presidential library or something. Or, maybe, gotcha. no, or is he still alive then? Maybe. Um, so as much as we just saw, the other team was headed into Canada from Seattle but this this team is uh by this account has has been chased from LA down the coast to San Diego so maybe they're headed for Mexico yeah could be just sort of fighting all the way he says i still call them children foolish too dangerous to be called children they they are turning into fighting machines and it's our fault so it's basically yeah like they've been hunting them for so long that they've just been having to fight and fight and fight to survive and perhaps getting a little bit of a harder edge to them. Um, so as we continue on, uh, um, you know, after the explosion, it basically knocks down Kathy. Uh, so she falls. Uh, Stasi, of course, is our healer, and Thomas is her opposite, where he can kind of steal energy. Um, so Stasi's no, no stranger to running, uh, but she is able to kind of heal Kathy as the narr narr narrator keeps going. Uh, he calls Thomas the oldest, the most dangerous. He's an energy siphon, an adrenaline vampire. He's also been trained to fight, to kill. He's been leading them in their escape. The cunning ruthlessness and ability he has displayed have made him completely expendable. As in, them, they're out to kill him, not capture. Um, so they talk about Stasi. She's a healer. Uh, she's very kind, doesn't deserve what's going on. Uh, our narrator is kind of conflicted throughout, at least to a degree. Uh, he says, my orders still stand. She's been taken alive or the contract is void. The CIA is very interested in her pair abilities. The web wants her as a bargaining chip with the Russians. So the Russians have, have tried to recapture her you know a couple issues ago um but now i guess we know that the cia is officially after them and not just in the uh you know rogue agent covering his tracks kind of capacity uh from there he details kathy you know telekinetic you know he's talking about how she's sort of weak-willed um and not that good at using 
her powers uh, and says that data is no longer accurate as she's like sending a angry psychic beam to kind of like fight back you know sort of blast back the explosion um so yeah the, the comic goes on like this quite a bit so you know we're often narrated by uh babel who we had learned before as sort of the leader of the medusa web um more so than anything else i guess babel i would say but babel yeah. is, is that the right pronounce pronunciation of that that's how we usually say it i don't know is it just me uh comment below folks (laughs) (laughs) there you go uh so they're headed to horton plaza multi-level shopping center a true testament to american architecture um and from what i can see of it in the book it does look kind of interesting if nothing else yeah, I remember it from actually my trips to San Diego Comic-Con in late 90s a couple of times. Um, it would like you could instead of um, eating the expensive uh, convention food, you could just stop at the mall that's a few blocks away and grab a quick uh, subway or whatever they had at the time. Um, it's an, this nice sort of like block that's uh, set off and multi-level and very sort of... Um, uh kind of hard to find your way around if i right remember correctly mm. but um it was a nice place to visit at the time yeah it's kind of makes sense maybe a, a place to try and lose somebody um but yeah so the kids are running down the street uh kind of heading towards this building there's a helicopter above there's police down below uh, there's kind of a neat moment where uh, the police are going to stop them but as they just keep running and uh, Stasi's like Thomas and he's like, got it. And he just kind of jumps, you know, slams one police officer's head into the squad car while at the same time, he's like kicking the gun out of the other guy's hand. And then he backhands him and kicks him in the face. And so, yeah, pretty effective, I guess he's, he's our violence, man. They were all complaining before about, Oh, why are you always beating up all of the guards? <laughs> Maybe that's a useful skill. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, Thomas. You made us just, you brought us down to what's his name's level. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, so the kids kind of run in and you can see kind of like the weird architecture and kind of interesting space that they're going into. Um, the narrator kind of continues, you know, he's, you know, he's hoping that ca- civilians don't get hurt, you know, unlike Mac Browning. Um, he talks about all I can, it's all I can do to avoid needless waste. Just that I'd rather not terminate Boyd and Ling if I don't have to. Um, he also talks about how easy it is going to be to catch them just because of all the security and cameras that either he can tap into or just you know, uh, exist for him to use. I'm not quite sure if he has a paranormal power. If so, I don't, I don't think it's ever really shown in here. Oh, it comes up a little later. Does it? Okay. I must have missed it then. Well, oh, fill me in when we get to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So he sends in his team, basically. So we've got a Skybreaker, who is new, a tall guy in a blue suit with kind of an odd mask, and a Troublemaker, who we met before, who's like the sassy, bendy arms guy who kind of beat up Thomas before. Um, they didn't let him they didn't let them kill him <laughs> so but maybe they should have 
Yeah, he's kind of in a, a wife beater shirt, so he's not in a costume. Uh, whereas Skybreaker, that's a pretty costumey thing. Yeah, very costumey. He's even got like the belt with pouches kind of deal going on. So, so again, Sci Sci Force is like before the '90s, before the '90s kind of thing. Yeah, it's getting there. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the those two are in the helicopter apparently. So Skybreaker kind of goes zooming by. Uh, totally in front of all of the civilians. So we're not so much hiding the paranormal paranormality anymore. Uh, and Troublemaker jumps straight out and kind of lands in like a weird, awkward bendy man pose like like he do. Um, yeah, it basically looks like an Apache helicopter bearing down on these people in the middle of San Francisco. Uh, but as we find, like they are apparently working with the police and perhaps the CIA as well. Um, so yeah, a little more action, you know, Thomas gets to show off like a fancy jump kick, taking out a, a security guy or a cop. Um, you know, another one kind of tries to get him from behind, but you know, another kick. So, you know, he's, you know, karate kid, Bruce Lee kind of all in one here, just taking these guys out, uh, 80s action movie style. And, um, for a moment, they they finally get to kind of stop and talk. And Kathy's like, I'm tired. Can't we just give this up? And he's like, well, all right, then. They're honest again. We have to split up. Um, and he says, you know, he's saying back to Kathy, they only want you for everything you hate about yourself. Your powers. Go ahead. Give up. They'll have to kill me before I quit. So they split up in order to hide. And Kathy's kind of running. It's like, ah, stupid questions. Does fine. More fighting. Bye. Um, so it's like, so yeah, they're th things aren't going well. Uh, but it seems like they kind of know the routine. Run, <laughs> Good luck. Hide, fight. Stick it. Let's yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's still, she... it's still Kathy. She's telling them to stick it. <laughs> yeah, they're they're uh, yeah. So um, like you say, they uh, they they split up again. Um, they've been on the run for quite a while at this point, so it's you sense that this is like a they are stressed out, like at the breaking point already. Yeah. So um, then we get introduced to some new goons, uh, and man, there's a lot of them uh, as far as things go. So our, our narrator uh, Babel is kind of introducing. So someone comes zipping by. Uh, so we have another speedster. Relampago, Spanish for lightning. It's obvious why in Chile she's something of a cult hero. So she kind of zips in. She's got like a another superhero suit, basically. It's like a bubble helmet, kind of can't see any face, and kind of an interesting, uh, mostly kind of skin tight orange and green kind of outfit. Kind of character. Yeah. It's uh it's costumey, but it doesn't have like logos or things on it. So, right. and you can imagine as a speedster, you want something for your uh, your face or your eyes or whatever. But I gotta say, relampago is Spanish for lightning. I I don't know if it's a woman though. Shouldn't it be relampaga? I I don't know. I took German in high school. Oh, okay. <laughs> so yeah, it's another like international um, team. So we've got. Folks from every, from a bunch of different countries and a uh, bunch of different names. So, yeah. Gato de Sang, the Blood Cat. 
an Italian gymnast. <laughs> um, again, so obviously the speedster, we have a flying guy. It just says her athletic ability has been enhanced. So maybe kind of like a Jack Meganaconti kind of thing. I'm not really sure if she's strong or what. Uh, yeah, super gymnastic is, yeah, I'm not quite sure if that's strong or just like agile kind of yeah. like. But she does like a, a huge flip jump over the police kind of thing. Uh, Potiphar, a, par- a non-paranormal walking killing machine. So I guess we're open to non-paranormals. I'm uh, telling you, this is Steelhawk. Steelhawk. Says he's Egyptian, having taken the name of the biblical executioner of the pharaohs. It's quite appropriate. So Potiphar is way more interesting, I think, than this guy. <laughs> Potiphar is uh, in the Bible, but it's I don't remember it being a an executioner, but it's a story about how this guy is um, he's like a you know a, a high placed official or something. He uh he he hires uh the slave who's Joseph I think one of the um, forefathers of Israel, um the guy's wife Potiphar's wife makes a play for Joseph and tells him that if he doesn't you know play along with her she'll just tell her husband that you, he attacked her anyway, and so mm-hmm. it puts him in this moral dilemma. Um, that's that's the I believe the only story he pops up in the Bible. Okay. I guess he's kind of like bad guy Merc. Yeah, yeah. He's uh heavily armed. You you get the, that. And he's got that skin tone that's Middle East. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he looks kind of yeah, kind of nineties dead tough guy kind of action guy too. Uh I thought it looked like the executioner from like the bad night eighties movie. If you look up the yeah. cover for the executioner two. Like the ripoff Terminator, it looks a little bit like that. Um, yeah, you can imagine a, a Italian uh, action movie from the eighties that would be uh, this guy would be the front and center in pretty yeah. pretty easily. Um, but wait, there's more. Still on page uh, seven. Uh, <laughs> you got a good to, pronounce. I call it Tuchich. 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 Um, this took me forever to find anything out. Be, the like. Google Translate refused to put it into anything useful in Russian. So I, some variations on it come up as either cloudy or that's it. Mm. Um, neither of which makes a lot of sense to me. So I, 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 I'm, I will have to like continue my research. Yeah. He's kind of like hairless Dave Landers. He's like this big, huge guy, but a little bit doughier and just no hair bald kind of thing it says uh, his weight and strength are only matched by his kindness he hates doing this this is the only way he can help he can make money necessary to, to help his family leave his homeland and so kathy's kind of spying these guys from the distance this is great so much for giving up should i run and hide so sick of this gonna kill them all <laughs> that tower thing over there um so yeah, this is kind of this interesting, like colorful obelisk. It looks like if uh, middle school art class got a hold of the Washington Monument and painted it up, kind of. Yeah, it's this multi-level thing that apparently did does or did exist in the Horton Plaza. Uh, it's credited to a Joan Brown in 1985. So just uh, when the uh, plaza was built, they had this art installation as well. 
it's a uh, pretty much a, a a yeah as you see on the same scale and uh this there's like jog jaguar drawings and fish or something mm. well anyway kathy uses it as a blunt object and basically knocks it over um and while uh geez there's so many names uh Potiphar tries to kind of shoot at it to stop it from falling. Maybe he's not that bright. Uh, to Cheech basically kind of stops it. So he kind of leans into it. So it lands on his back like he's carrying a refrigerator or something kind of thing and, and kind of glides it down to the ground. Um, and so, you know, we get a, a clue that there's some familiarity. So Kathy's running. She's like, I can't take another round with these freaks. I'm almost lost in LA. Can't do it again. So, yeah, again, we we're clued in, but we haven't seen that they they've been fighting them for a while. Um, so this next panel's the uh, key for Babel there. Oh, okay, so it says they don't understand a word the other is saying. I'm their translator. When I talk to them, they hear it in their own language. Ah, okay, I glossed over that part. So he's like, uh, what's the character from the New Mutants? Like Doug Ramsey. Doug Ramsey, maybe. Yeah. Got the got the words thing. Uh, he says, "Yeah, it's my parability limited. I'll admit, but it makes me the optimum field commander. I'm in charge." Uh, and so he kind of lands and you know starts coordinating with the police. And he says, "We are here to avert another potential a potential tragedy. You know what happened in to Pittsburgh? Let my people do my jobs tomorrow, and you'll get a raise." Um, so a little pitch reference there. It's only a week, week and a half past the pit. pit so yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, we don't know. We we haven't had a book yet where it's kind of like a situation update. Like, what does the United States know about exactly what happened or what's going on in there? Uh, but I imagine we'll get there. Um, so uh, Thomas and Stasi are kind of running away together. Uh, they're both tired. Uh, troublemaker kind of flies in, you know, kind of like he was on the level above and kind of swings down to attack Thomas. Uh, notably, like he really wrecked Thomas the first time they fought. And then Thomas had some help to kind of beat him up the, the last time, at least that we saw it in comic panel. Uh, this time, Thomas just goes flying into him, like body checks him and shoves him off the balcony, uh, which honestly I was all for at this point like let's take this guy out but he does the old cartoony thing and like lands on an awning and is mostly okay uh but out of the way uh from there again it's a good thing i have a list skybreaker flies in the flying blue guy uh he's got kind of like a jetpack with wings but I, i assume that's just for effect and that his paranormality is flight i it could be also be like his um his flying ability is limited or slow, or maybe he's like free fall. He can neutralize gravity, but that doesn't mean he's going to like fly fast enough to be really like militarily interesting. So right. they give him something to boost it. I don't yeah. can really tell. And we turn the page and we've cut to you know, kind of like the control room for this mall space. And we got a little surprise. Uh, I, I kind of thought of this book a little bit as careful what you wish for, because I've been <laughs> been pining away like, where's the skipper? He's, the skipper is supposed to be helping. Like, he's, these people need guidance and assistance. And, and here he is smoking his pipe. Uh, 
Christopher, have you come to save them? Have you come to save us all? It's like, remember who I work for, guys. Oh, Skipper. Um, so yeah, he seems to be the contact in the CIA who's also like after the the Cyforce squad. And uh Babel, Babel says, I know you have a personal stake in this, Skipper, but I would prefer if you let me establish my control center. And he kind of goes to work on uh manning the cameras. Um, again, a ton going on. We cut to like a quick panel of Tyrone Jessup flying to the pit, <laughs> uh, which will get some more interludes kind of as we go. And so he's he's feeling sort of like a strange energy from that. And then also mentions his new abilities, which I'm not sure that we know about yet. Um, I, I don't know. It's There's a couple of weird things where he's like been... You know, more disruptive to people than just sort of scaring them. So yeah, yeah. So back to the action in the mall. So again, uh, Kathy's kind of out on her own. She's running, being hounded by uh, Bloodcat and uh, Potiphar, right? The run and gun guy and gymnastic Italian pale cat. <laughs> uh, yeah. So she has like no skin tone apparently. Um, but whether or not she has some sort of strange abilities besides uh, gymnastics, I don't know. Um, so Kathy's running through a crowd of people, uh, which our narrator is like, yeah, oh, she's getting smarter. He won't fire into a civilian crowd, uh, you know, but he does and just starts firing, <laughs> uh, but misses and ducks. Uh, Bloodcat kind of does some pointless gymnastic flips uh, to land in front of Kathy. Uh, but Kathy's pretty strong now. So she basically just launches her like 30 feet across the room and through a window. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. The narrators are like, I think of my daughter. I think of my operatives going down like dominoes. No more. They are not my children. They are dangerous. Oof. So he's like, he was feeling bad about the people he was chasing the Cyforce, but then, you know, as he's watching the violence unfold, maybe feeling less and less sympathetic. And then we're back to the pit. So, you know, we, we cut back to Tyrone. It says two minutes and over 1,300 miles further west, and which means, okay, he's really fast. Um, so... Tyrone just is going to check it out and he, he gets sort of the bird's eye view of the pit. It still just looks like a crater of nothing from the sky, or at least in the art here, you know, no wreckage, still kind of smoldering black steaming mess. Uh, you know, it says too much steam and ash. You know, I can't tell what's going on in my, my light form, he calls it, which is a little different than astral form, which is what we had always kind of thought of it as. Um, and you know, i wonder if like he can sense other like wavelengths of, in the spectrum um since he's so like electromagnetic now yeah like, maybe if he was uh thinking oh let me look at this in infrared and you know maybe i would see more or something maybe but he doesn't really he doesn't try that here maybe that's a trick he'll pick up at some point yeah so so he ends up kind of like feeling sick and like he just really doesn't want to be around this and flies off. But then the the military ends up picking him up on radar, which is interesting. So doesn't radar have to bounce off like solid objects? I thought. <laughs> Something, yeah. I well, anyway, 
but also kind of weird that radar could pick up tyrone jess up but uh our old friend colonel browning is on the case apparently so watch out civilians Uh, (laughs) contact colorado springs tell him tell them something's coming keep me informed so weird if it's not (laughs) Um. so you know we cut back to the action in the mall you know thomas had just dispatched or at least gotten troublemaker out of the way but skybreaker flying man uh was hounding him so um Basically, he kind of like swoops in Superman style. Skybreaker kind of flies in, grabs Thomas and holds him and flies him up into the air. Uh, we get a nailed now, wouldn't you say? Uh, so that separates him from Stasi, who's now being chased by the speedster, Relampago, <laughs> or Susanna, I believe, as we find later. We don't get a lot of real names, but I always kind of like them better than the nicknames. Um. So, uh, Relampago knocks down Stasi, uh, but she can heal herself. You know, she doesn't have like really combat abilities or fighting powers, but she can get away. So she kind of knocks over some furniture, runs down some stairs. She doesn't know what to do, uh, but somehow like outpaced our Relampago and kind of got some distance. And so she grabs like a string of lights, like Christmas lights, and does the old. I don't know, home alone kind of trick where, you know, hides around the corner, pulls the, the lights, the the string of lights tight. And then when the speeder speedster is running to catch up, and doesn't know what's going on. She trips, but she's also going really fast. So um, we ba- she basically just lands on her head and rolls and pretty much get the impression she's totally dead. <laughs> Uh, yeah her helmet's cracked helmet's cracked dead looking eyes like oh ouch (laughs) Uh, Stasi's not healing you from that (laughs) yeah Uh, surprising so R.I.P. every time we've seen the Medusa web uh, or most of the times some of them are getting killed so maybe their life expectancy is not so great Um, but holding on to this rope of lights you know they basically you know imagine somebody kicks it out of your hands it's gonna rip and break so her hands are are all cut up uh so she heals herself one last time and then basically passes out um after having uh killed our medusa web speedster before we even got to know her so well we already got jeff walters so sorry we don't we don't need to Really, if there's like it's surprising to have someone kill, you know, someone else, it's uh, Stasi is the last one you'd expect to, uh, um, to take out someone terminally. So. Yeah. Well, it's, it's not over yet. <laughs> there could be more. Um, so yeah, so Babel's still running the command. So he tells Troublemaker, uh, to go and kind of pick them up. So, uh, again, you know, Troublemaker's kind of sassy. It kind of, you know, he kind of goes along with it, but you can tell, like, you know, he, he kind of does his own thing a little bit too. Um, and it says, you know, Troublemaker quickly to level two. I need a status report. And he says, you ain't going to like it, boss. Speedy's run out of gas. <laughs> um, and what about Anastasia? He says, well, she looks bad. Lots of blood. Don't see any open wounds. She could have healed herself, passed out from the effort. Uh, so he picks up Stasi and then picks up the deceased 
real Pago and kind of is walking them off basically. And as the narrator is like, who will be next us or them skybreaker or Boyd, which would be the lesser of two evils. I don't know. I don't know skybreaker, but I'm kind of on side stalkers side here in this case. Yeah. Um, he's been, he's been he's at least the main character. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so skybreaker's got this blue suit, light wings like a full mask and kind of like an interesting like face covering um which doesn't necessarily work on it too much in his favor so he's like trying to hit or hold on to thomas boyd while flying but boyd gives him the like palm of the fist to the face like kind of smash your face or your nose to break his mask and then uses his energy draining hand on his now exposed face to knock the poor guy out um he lands on some art uh, installation or a little sort of sunshade and then kind of flips down to safety while a skybreaker just kind of thuds on the ground. <laughs> so uh, he's at least hurt very badly, um, at least. Okay. And the uh, the narration box I, I on this page I liked because it's the the babel has been talking a lot like oh my daughters this you know how would they react to this and yeah this reminds me of my kids and all this and at this point though he asks why does it come down to that paranormals battling each other for the security of paranoid humans is this the way of the future where we need to slaughter each other just to keep the xenophobic attitudes of man at bay or will we need to slaughter them to save our souls from extinction whoa yeah yeah <laughs> think about that people <laughs> oh you all wanted paranormals fighting other paranormals well it's not so funny now is it right these people have families jeez Ugh. yeah so yeah it's, it's, it is an action scene there's a lot going on but yeah it's it is at least kind of dealing with you know real consequences like it's not like yeah let's get those guys they're the bad guys or you know cyforce kill these people they're all evil you know it's just you know lots of gray area um but thomas boyd you know af landing after having dispatched skybreaker is just totally surrounded by police and aforementioned apache helicopter that's been kind of hanging out there uh so they're like put your hands up you're under arrest and he's kind of like squaring off looking like he's going to do something he says don't know the meaning of the word it's like how about the word perforated it's like oh okay got me there <laughs> um so yeah so boyd gives up puts his hands up uh babel narrating says undoubtedly the hardest thing boyd has ever had to do and the smartest he, he's of no use to his friends dead he knows this for all this bluster, all his bluster, he has a certain sense of nobility. Uh, the last one left is the one we considered the least of them, Ling. I think of my daughters. I think of how I would feel if they were killed. Then I think of Kathy Ling and suppressed a shiver of fear. Um, and then we think of Tyrone Jessup, you know, basically used to break up the action, I think, in this case. Uh, so again, he's kind of flying, thinking about what's going on in the pit. Uh, kind of flies up into space, you know, kind of wondering aloud, you know, what's the government doing to help these people? No one said anything. No one's explained anything. Um, again, the government is just tracking him, I guess, like kind of like a UFO. Um, 
and talking about how, you know, we picked the same thing up off and on around the Bay Area for the last year. Human form can't even track its speed. So the government was kind of onto Boyd, uh, apparently all along here. Um, and yet it just wasn't quite sure what to do with it, perhaps. Uh, yeah, the, the, I mean, the first year, Tyrone would be flying around. No one would notice anything. And then even before we get into this phase, we had the um, corporate spy who, like, kidnapped yeah. Tyrone. And, you know, like, he was just flying around too much. People noticed eventually. Yeah. So, yeah, if he shows up on radar, even more so. Yeah, and um, far as we know his his real body is still like in a hospital bed in a coma in san francisco somewhere right, right. um so yeah so yeah kathy's on the run she's kind of had gotten away up until this point um she kind of flies by some security guards and their lame little one-seater security wagons those kind of like fun little golf cart looking things um our narrative is like hmm levitation is it it is our pursuit that has resulted in an increasingly effective manipulation of her telekinetic abilities. Right? It's, it's nothing I'm proud of having developed. So she can kind of do all sorts of cool things now, um, including maybe kind of smash the two cars together or they just crash themselves when they're looking. Um, but uh, she had been being chased by, again, I'll check my checklist here, the Egyptian Potiphar, right? The powerless, uh, loaded up with pouches and guns 90s dude um and he just starts firing at her so she runs into like a clothing store and kind of hides in the clothing racks like you used to do when you're a kid those like round things with all the clothes uh you kind of tuck yourself in the middle of there and she's just crying thing you know god don't let them see me please 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 uh, the guy kicks in the door and babel's like she's nearby uh what are you waiting for strafe the area like oh geez so basically just start shooting everything um up until this point kathy's still sort of up to the task she puts out one of her big force blasts kind of knocking uh potiphar his gun and everything all out of the way so she can kind of fly out and escape uh, she runs into uh, Tuchich, who up until now has probably been lagging behind because he's huge. Uh, she bumps into him and he kind of says in broken English, he's like, no hurt, English bad, please, no want hurt. <laughs> but Kathy's like, that's nice to know, Tubbo, because I want to hurt you. Uh, so you get this really nice look of her, like kind of looking directly at him, or which looks like us with this kind of like, the rings of force coming around her hands. It's, it's a nice little image. Um, and she blasts him, <laughs> just sends him flying. Um, you know, and she's, and the narrator kind of explains, you know, she channeled her energy through her punch. You know, I've never even seen two Cheech move before. So you know, I'm assuming since he's so huge that he's not dead and he's kind of okay ish, but um, it gets darker from there. Uh, our Egyptian, you know, comes up behind Kathy, basically wasted, tired from all this fighting. And he says, strong American, dead American. And she's like, oh, too tired. And he shoots her once in the back. Um, hmm. Yeah, you're in silhouette there, but it does look like a bullet went right through her chest. Yeah. So 
I'm I'm still kind of holding out hope that she's not dead here, being that she ex- survived an explosion and is a main character. Uh, but we don't know. 90s Egyptian bad guy, uh, you know, just does the puffing the smoke off the end of the gun thing. Um, and even our narrator's like, yeah, Potiphar turns off his computer link. The helmet cam goes black. I don't know the girl's condition, which leaves an opening. So I think of my daughters with bullets tearing through their chests. And he's sitting there at the computer like, what have I done? And uh, Skipper says, what had to be done? Messy, but final. We'll take over now. Uh, Skipper notably has like a buzz cut now. So he's like bad guy Skipper, I'm thinking. Hmm. Looks like Race Bannon from the old uh, Johnny Quest. It does look like Race Bannon. <laughs> um, so then more interesting dialogue. You know, so him and Babel start arguing about who gets what, right? CA Skipper's like, all right, I'm taking him now. Um, he's like, they were remanded to our keeping, dead or alive. He's like, well, things have changed. In three weeks, the president is going to reinstate the draft. Is that what? important? <laughs> the draft, you say? These children will be part of a special rapid deployment force. I was like, that's reprehensible. I know you blame the children for the death of your ex-wife, but he says, Colby has nothing to do with this. I'm like, what? What? How? <laughs> so Colby Shaw was the sometimes friendly, sometimes unfriendly uh, person who ran the sanctuary for runaway children. Um, Skipper was in the CIA who maybe was trying to help Cy Force way, way back in issue two, uh, but apparently they used to be married. Um, I do remember someone saying that Colby was in the CIA at, in the past, so I they I thought there was yeah connections between her, Proudhawk, and Skipper, but in a good way, but. I'm not quite sure how that works out. I'm not quite sure how that works either. Uh, but yeah, Buzzcut Skipper with the pipe is, is does look angrier. Um, and, you know, yeah, again, he's kind of like, you know, you would have liked to have these guys in your Medusa web, you know, but, you know, you know, it's not happening. You're no better than we are. We're no worse than you. I learned to live with it. I have um, uh, learned to live with it. I have. Uh, so what if I lose a little sleep here and there? So what if I lost a family? Uh, again, this doesn't quite seem like Skipper of the past. Um, so, so what if we're helping the world fall apart? Someone's got to catch the pieces as they fall. Someone's got to be hitting the hammer into the chisel. What difference will it make? Who does which? It's like, oh, geez. Cynical, powerful CIA guy? What difference mm-hmm. does it make how many civilians we kill? <laughs> So we kind of get them walking off then. And so Thomas is, is in custody, handcuffed. Uh, Stasi's being carried by a policeman, but so is Kathy. Uh, so maybe, I mean, why would they be carrying her off if she was dead? I don't, I don't know. Hoping she's still alive. Um, but yeah, so we're, we're getting to the wrap up point here of this 27 pages of comic. Um with Babel, I think of my daughters. I close my eyes and to the ruins around me, both physical and emotional. Gato Desang and Skybreaker head for the hospital, so they're still alive. Relampago dead. Uh, every witness will be taken in for debriefing. They'll be made to understand this never happened. Uh, Skipper gives me a check, thanks me for a job done poorly. <laughs> 
for a job poorly done and recommends that I cut my losses and forget about it. I take the check from his hands and pocket it. Think of my daughters. <laughs> my hand is on the hammer. It drives down the chisel, but they can't catch the pieces as they fall. So he's, he's getting metaphorical here. <laughs> and you're pretty deep, Babel. Pretty deep. Yeah. I think that would be enough, right? That feels like the end of the comic, but we get one more. Ah, oh, thanks. <sighs> oh, no, wait, what? <laughs> is this an annual? What is this thing? Oh, my um, And so we're back in D.C., and the government has pictures of Tyrone flying around the pit. Uh, so, so we cross around him. They basically, they figured out that he was one of the kids from, you know, Proud Hawk's file. Um and even mentioned Derek Shining Star. Um, so since his censure, it has languished. So I guess he's still around, though maybe they scolded him. Um, Me, uh, well, I mean, they say that like the, the they got the Proud Hawk file, and that Shining Star took over this paranormal research program, which was a funny way of saying he would he was trying to kill them all. <laughs> yes. Um, and since his censure, so he's like they they realized something was wrong and either punished him or sent him away or or maybe they have no idea what's been going on but they do know that tyrone is part of this group this group was in san francisco etc and that like um it's time to bring them in i guess yeah it's time to bring them in and who's the best one to bring them in <laughs> it's like this seems to require specific attention and there's a woman there who says, are we going to use the Max suit? I said, yes, it's time these children were introduced to Spitfire. Thus still confusing the naming of this thing. <laughs> I'm shaking my hands here in frustration. The Max suit. Isn't that enough? Call it the Max suit. Uh, last we knew, Jenny Spenson wasn't in great with her army superiors. So... So they had that blowout in the pit that is uh, the 22nd, 23rd of December, and this is January 5th. So you'd think that people would know that Swenson is uh, out of control or something. But um, we do have one actually more page, which is the transcripts of the State of the Union address for 1988, January 26th. Yeah. You know what I hate in comic books? Big pages of text because it's a comic <laughs> book. Draw a picture of a guy saying it. <laughs> oh. I well, I'm tempted to get do this entire thing for uh, in a, uh, my bad Ronald Reagan impression. This would have been his <laughs> last one. Well, thank you very much, Mister Speaker, uh, Mister <laughs> Vice President, distinguished <laughs> members of Congress. Um, I think we will summarize it briefly. Um, it is a post pit um, uh, sort of elegy. They talk about the countrymen callously struck down in a devastating explosion, killed a million of our brothers and sisters, and uh, the barbaric perpetrators of this crime will not go unpunished. And we, uh, with sadness, but uh, I call on my fellow countrymen to prepare themselves to avenge this horrific cowardly attack on our people. Um, and he will call on Congress to uh, expand and restructure the Selective Service Registration System, a.k.a. the draft, be asking all Americans to register and 
or re-register as the case may be and uh, be prepared for the event of war. So mm. don't, don't, don't. Then we, and if you remember Andrew Chaser, uh, <laughs> another character of the 400 the cool guy. characters, uh, the reporter, you know, he, it says from the notes of Andrew Chaser, hadn't heard such a pack of bull since my divorce hearings. Let's play round up the paranormals. So, so yeah, the um, this would have been like dementia, Ronald Reagan, then probably, right? Well, it, it's hard to say. I don't remember any of the um, State of the Union addresses. Even this would have been his last one, being um, like. Oh, this guy's losing it. So he he could still sort of hang in there for the public at the time. But uh, I mean, he went out of office and that was kind of he was off stage like immediately. So, right. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, you can imagine him, t- him giving it. I can't imagine doing the 1988 uh, presidential election under these conditions. That would have been. <laughs> Uh, right. Clearly, I need to remain in office because the time is dire as this, right? <laughs> well, I mean, let's see. His, uh, so uh, George H.W. Bush was his vice president, and he was up against uh, uh, George Dukakis, I think. Uh, Michael Dukakis. Michael right? Dukakis, yes. So, yeah, there you go. Isn't not, not everyone's named George, but anyway. So we move on to uh, ah, the end of the book. Holy moly, yeah, that's like there's a lot. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this was kind of one big fight scene, but it does. There's so much, so many made up of so many smaller fights. Um, pretty well sort of planned out. It's not just like like a big clash where you just sort of bang all the action figures against each other. There's some good sort of strategy and using the environment and the powers to their maximum effect, all of that. You get a, do get a good sense of like uh, these kids being hunted into the final point, really. This is like <clears throat> weeks of this for them. So yeah. uh, they're worn out and there you go. Down they go. Yeah, it's kind uh, of a I, nice, like, we pick up when these guys are on the end of their rope. You know, everybody's yeah. burnt out. Yeah, the uh, I do, I'm do. i with you that I don't think Ling is dead. Um, or Stasi or Thomas, so they'll be back, I'm hoping. Yeah, um, Ling better not be dead. That, that would be... You can't kill all your Asian women characters. Who was the other one? Wait, I don't know. Oh, okay. This seemed like something people would say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tired of this anti-Asian hate. There's one character. What do you what? Um, yeah. I mean, again, I don't know. Last issue we had like what were what is the name? Bioelectronique, Electrique, and Thunderhead both died, and then Backfire and uh, Imprint have been around and didn't die. So, um, it, like you say, that's it's a bloody business. I mean, we this is like our first like team of paranormals that you know gathers together for business and you know work. The work is um, 
well, mercenary bounty hunter something, something. Yeah. But, um, it's apparently a, a high-risk profession because, yeah. And know. notably still, no Cyforce, right? Cyforce doesn't exist. This is true, right? yeah. We have a Medusa web. It was in, the, it was Proudhawk's dream to have a Cyforce, but, eh. Screwed that one up, man. But yeah, holy cow, like, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, like 12 Medusa web paranormal characters. Um, I think, like, Nissia is like promised like 15 new villains uh, and like a half a dozen supporting characters and something, some other things. Yeah. He is, he is held to that pretty well. I mean, just with the web alone. Yeah. First um, appearance of many things. But well, three of them died, so yeah. I don't know. Um, the art is weird to me. Lim, this is another uh Ron Lim, but it's a different inker than we had in um whatever 16, where they maybe they started 15. Um 16, where they started with the foundations um mm-hmm. issue or last issue. Oh dear, I forget now. I think that was that was more limish in eighteen, like uh, like more what I I've been getting used to this sort of proto nineties proto image thing. Here it's a little harder to see some of that. I don't know if it's more he's doing breakdowns and Dzuniga is doing finishes, or or what. Yeah, can, I mean. Yeah, sometimes the anchor really changes the tone of things, and so some I don't know whether to say they miscredited it or, um, like they they just sort of had a different um, balance of influence, and so it looks more like the anchor's work than the penciler's work. Um, yeah, generally it does, good. It though. Maybe it bounces back and forth a little bit from kind of like classic, you know. 80s marvel style to like maybe a little bit more modern yeah i can kind of see I, I can see what you mean to that like some of the faces will be like what what i i think of as his style and then sometimes it's like just house style like that yeah. mac browning on 13 i mean it looks like you just got the guy sal Bushima in for a minute to do his his work from the pit i i mean it doesn't look any uh, um, limb-ish qualities, but I don't know. <laughs> Limish. Uh, liminal efforts. Um, overall, yeah, a lot of when they said they were going to action things up, they were going to um, increase you know, continuity. I mean, we have, even though they're on the other side of the country from the pit, this is the first time they're mentioned in this book, and people are quite upset about it. Um, we have, yeah, massive behind-the-scenes CIA government shenanigans. We're not quite sure what that last page was going on with. Um, there's like all these higher ups that we've never seen before. So this is another good spot for Mac Browning or Edmund Roth or I mean Skipper himself. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, in general, we've been doing a good job in here of like not forgetting, you know. So they mentioned Derek Shining Star, 
Skipper returned. I mean, I gotta give credit for that. Like it took a while and it wasn't what I was expecting, but was I I I would have bet anything we'd never see the guy again. Right. So yeah. I was I was gonna write him into my uh you know story <laughs> of the lost characters as like he's the team leader, but he's never there. <laughs> so, like <laughs> there you go. Um so let's see. Um I guess for me, uh, I, I I'm carried along by this pretty well. It's uh, the length. I'm not sure they really do that much with the length. You know, 27 pages is a significant extension, but um, it's okay. I mean, maybe you could have uh, fitted it in a short in the regular length, but it's fine. I mean, it reads fast. Um, I find the narration a little tiresome, honestly. The guy's obsession with his daughters is like cute at first and then kind of grates on me. So, um, yeah, I, I may have preferred some more characters of our main characters, right? So instead of like the outsider looking in at the people we know and kind of like spending the time introducing, you know, these new paranormals um like we don't we don't really get any of our uh you know what's thomas thinking what's kathy thinking what's stassi thinking like it's very little of that right right so the people we know and love we don't quite develop which i guess i mean it makes sense storytelling wise but i still might have kind of preferred you know a little something i'm assuming at some point they will address the fact that they all got exploded and why they separated I'll give it another month or two, but uh, yeah, whatever happened with the sanctuary, I'm hoping we get some something. Um, it maybe falls into the domain of the other, like the overall new package, but we do get a, um, a peek at next issue's cover, which has Rodstvau, um Wayne, and this girl, Lindsay, and... Mm, I'm not sure. Tyrone talking to someone, possibly Medusa Web people. Yeah, I was thinking maybe they were like the Medusa, like the the white hair is maybe imprint, and like there's like the long haired guy with the glasses, like backfire. I think maybe. Yeah, that's what I'm seeing on the right there. Yeah. So maybe he's going to rescue his friends. Maybe he's trying to recruit. Oh, you know, maybe that's in the middle. That's the guy with the machine in his throat. Yeah, right, right. Okay. No, right. isn't so, he dead? <laughs> um, injured, possibly at least. Yeah. But we, we, they said like one was dead, and we, I, it was either electronic or, or him. So yeah, I guess you know, I like it's like a split cover with like a bunch of different parts, and then one part is just an explosion, which is kind of interesting. <laughs> but maybe that's them going to explain the sanctuary explosion. Oh, maybe. Okay. Mm-hmm. Also, it's kind of funny. There's a there's a in universe ad. Um, the government wants them. Who will surrender first? And it's got DP Seven, Starbrand, Ken with a little bit of a shaggy beard, looking tortured. Uh, Justice and Cyforce uh, with a picture of Thomas. Though we, I think we already know that Cyforce surrendered first <laughs> or was captured. Yeah. So DP Seven's Charlie. Um, I think and. Yeah, they don't. Well, let's see. I don't. I mean, so yeah, this is the first one that that they've been taken into custody. 
justice was talking to an agent of the government last issue um so we'll see if that comes back but um i guess that yeah i will say your your cyforce is the surrendery yeah should we should we rate the comic before we get too far into the the back pages yeah i so based on my general enjoyment i i'll give it a good b um straight across the board it is in some ways you know better than things i've rated b in the past but yeah um the 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 basic story and things that happen in the comic and the way they're presented um good but not like superlative to me mm. for me i mean it finally came through on skipper i can't really give this thing a bad score um uh, i will reserve the right to revise my score if kathy ling is in fact dead um in which case just going low um but yeah i was thinking kind of b plus maybe even in a minus territory i was i wasn't i'm not really sure this it's not perfect um but it was a lot of fun and i just like there's maybe a little too much going on but you know it all ties together well it's all kind of interesting new interesting characters so i was pretty happy with it yeah i can see that it's it's a um uh, the sort of thing that like you if you're in the mood for it it it, it may really hit you in the right spot um, yeah so evil skipper come on man you know okay you're 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 you make a good case for the uh <laughs> never expected me did you skipper <laughs> i would have yeah would have been even better if they'd gone into a dark room and suddenly there he is <laughs> Maybe that'll come next issue, in which case I will give you bump you up a grade. Oh, say it right now. Skip indeed. Grade. How dare you? Um so yeah, they they mention on in the in the universe news in the back, they they also say uh, uh or go over some of the points that have changed in the new universe titles now. Um there's new logos on all of them um, designed by one person. Um, the whole comics package has been redesigned to give you something you can't get anywhere else. Beginning this month, all four books will be printed on better graded paper, which uh, with a fuller coloring process. So the coloring is different as well as the paper. This allows for full bleeds, artwork extending to the very edge of the paper, which we didn't even notice. So no, they use that. No, not this so. time. Well, it's something to look forward to. Um, where they're eliminating outside advertising, increasing editorial material from twenty-two pages to twenty-eight pages. Mm. So they'll not only expand the lead features, but also run special solo stories, fact-filled pinup pages. Um, and they're putting in the, the new frontispiece inside front cover to recap and update the various saga of the whole new universe and a new issue cover spotlight page and a new look for the universe news. Um, so that's what they, they, um, point out. And yeah, we've got like next issue with the cover of the, ne the next Cyforce and this month they've got the covers of all four um, titles coming out this month. Yeah. This is not the best use of space. I think. I've no. <laughs> no. Goodness. 
I mean, Let's advertise all the books you're already reading and nothing else. Uh, yeah, the covers on the the upcoming like these our next episodes are kind of interesting though because you got codename Spitfire over the edge like blasting through an antibody. Um, so not only is Spitfire uh, Jenny Swenson maybe Max suit something something is uh, chasing down. Uh, uh, Cypher Force leftovers apparently, uh, but also DP7. So Spitfire yeah, so going to be shooting at everybody? Maybe. So Cypher Force <sighs> might come in next issue and DP7 is just coming out in a, in a couple weeks. So I don't know where we're in. We'll, we'll, we'll see how quickly she gets from one title to the other. Yeah, um, it'd be really awesome if Kickers Inc. rescued Cypher Force. Like Jack busts through the walls, like, oh yeah, you guys need some help. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, this is, might be an away game for us, but you know we're up to the task with the team effort. We'll be able to uh, spike the ball on the CIA here because you know Jack doesn't like the CIA. They screwed with him pretty early on. Right. That'd be right. pretty awesome. Yeah. Don't tempt me. Brick wall versus two cheats and suicide versus troublemaker. Uh, oh, man. One can dream. One can. <laughs> My skipper dreams came true, but not how I expected them. So, <laughs> Well, uh, I guess um, Starbrand is going to be fighting a baby next issue. That'll be exciting. Mm-hmm. Baby. Some kind of weird space baby, like 2001 style. <laughs> Great. And uh, Justice will be fighting regular people, maybe. I don't know. Right. Possibly a tram. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Hard to make out what's going on on that cover. We have a uh, full page ad for Marvel Masterworks, which was uh, just the first. Um, first edition uh, so the first 10 issues of spider-man x-men fantastic four well they are up to like their 20s now hmm. um uh, more maybe yeah good luck know. trying to collect them all at this point kind of thing yeah yeah no kidding the um if you've been collecting them slowly over the years you'll have a pretty good collection but i'm not sure it's the most uh efficient way of getting all those back stories um regular avengers on the back cover and let's see maybe put more of a list down somewhere so we're talking about the price and the um going direct market and i think so the um advantage is you're going to a smaller market but your um uh sales are non-returnable hmm so even though you get a, a smaller um, number of people buying it, they, they, they're they a guaranteed sale, at least from the publisher's end of things. And now with the price going up, you can imagine that the you know cost of the paper and the printing isn't that much. So that's also increased their margin. So yeah, it's... Um, by this point, yeah, Marvel like started with dazzler number one i think at, for like direct market only titles oh, so okay. i think epic line is mostly direct market only 
um, but the yeah, you're you're definitely um, sort of specializing when you when you do that. You're getting in this smaller market, but a more more sell through or something. So this is yeah, you'll see it again. I know in the new universe where it's like, um, well, we can't get more people to read these, so we'll try to soak the people who are reading them. <laughs> well, there's sorry. no new you variant covers. Nah, oh, yeah, they they just hadn't thought of it yet. True. <laughs> so we got new logos. the The logo for the new universe is uh, still that same typeface, and like, but it's only in like tiny type on the front and in the inside front cover. Um, the, I do like the the text inside the cover with like the, you know who what's the new universe you know it's yeah it's, those this those make me happy. Like, I would, uh, I, de I definitely think that's worth giving up on, on ad for, but, um, I, I also enjoy all that, like video games and TSR ads and stuff to like, kind of fix the time for my youth. Like, really? This came out at the same time. I thought it was years later. Anyway. Yeah, that's true. There's, there's some fantastic, uh, ads in that late eighties period too. So yeah. Back back when video games were eight bit and Dungeons and Dragons was in like second edition and <laughs> oh there was also an ad for Marvel uh or for the new universe uh, subscriptions which is I thought was weird they are offering nine issue subscriptions instead of twelve issue I'm like are you planning on canceling these <laughs> earlier than I thought yeah yeah. And uh, well, how far did Starbrand make it, or do we not talk about the future? <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah, nine issues of a bi monthly. You're already on 12, you have seven issues left. Uh, hope you kids got a refund for that. <laughs> um, and yeah, that's those are the, the things we noticed or that are apparent. Anything I missed. I don't think so. Like the color paper change didn't stand out like crazy at this point. Uh, my issue does look a little bit nicer than the previous, but yeah, I think we we a few issues ago we'd noticed like a possibly new coloring process because it was like really overpowered in one issue, or maybe just the the lettering was blobby right. or something. Um, yeah, I think yeah, the... it's. The color holds up better, I think, like as an old book, like it is kind of like in better shape than my previous ones kind of thing, like like it lasted well. Yeah, the newsprint yellows a lot. And so, yeah, you'll see a lot of uh, times that there's a it's a noticeable tint in the in the previous issues, whereas this is pretty white. Yeah. And then and to to have white instead of that sort of slight tint that you get from newsprint you're it's a learning process from them it'll probably take them a couple months to kind of uh, fine-tune it a little but uh, you're kind of an interesting point in the printing of comics where you're not at computer coloring yet but you are at a point where you change papers or you change the process and suddenly you know what what looks normal to you is looks weird and the new paper or something so right yeah 
I think like one thing that popped up, like kind of wrapping back to the comic though, is like if we if we got to, to peek at what's next, and if what's next is going back to uh, Wayne, like they're just gonna cliffhanger the hell out of us in this book, right? Like if you just like what happened? Oh well, three more issues to find out because now we're gonna yeah. talk to see what this guy's doing. Like I hope I hope it doesn't do that. Oh, you may be yeah, you may be onto something because. They could be split up for another couple issues easily and just sort of pinging back and forth. Um, uh, I don't know what they're going to do with Tyrone and his like amazing world shattering powers now. But... Could be the strongest of them all. Uh... <laughs> or you could scare uh... people in cars, like I'm thinking, but hey, he's doing yeah. something. Mm. It's, uh, We've moved on so much from like the uh, gentle like high school students sneaking out with Michael and running. <laughs> but I don't know. Fair, in issue two of Cyforce, they all got murdered by the CIA, only to be revived by the Cyhawk. Also, I guess that's my new cry. It's like, okay, Skipper's back. He's not helping. Where's the Cyhawk, man? Like, your rabbits need you. Good point. You could roast some of these fools if you got the actual Cyhawk, even a, a partly powered one. It's a um I think yeah, the the forecast from Nessieza was like don't hold your breath for the Cyhawk, so we'll see. Um Ooh. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you. The <laughs> You want more Cyhawk? How, how much should I believe these Marvel Age? Well, their their prognostications will run out pretty soon, one way or another, and then we're on our own. Sadness. We'll have to read it over again. Well, that is about it for this week's episode. Next time, we'll continue covering the new new universe with Justice Number Nineteen. Justice by Justice oh, Nineteen. Is this me? <laughs> I forgot to say that. In the wake of the cataclysm which created the pit, the National Security Council searches for justice not to capture him, but to hire him. If Justice accepts their offer, it may mean the death of all the paranormals in the new universe. Written by Peter David, penciled by Lee Weeks, inked by Tony DiDazuniga. Direct sales only $1. Why is that one cheaper? (laughs) Take a look. No, it is also a dollar twenty-five. Man, lies, lies. So you can check out our website kickersinc.com for more kick um, new universe uh, info, fantastic content, that stuff. Yes, you can email us at newuniversepodcast at gmail.com. This has been the voice of the new universe. And we will see you back at the spinner rack. Don't throw away the duck. It's your universe, idiot. Nuke me with the new, new, new universe.